one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Going for the Green Daily Roto Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am here with Colin Drew this week, a little bit of a Valspar recap, and then we are going to talk about the WGC match play. If you want uh, Corrales takes, uh, we don't have any of those for you? Nothing. Not yet. Well, we will have an optimizer up on Wednesday once WGC starts. So we'll still have fancy projections for that, the optimizer, um, data golf's product. And so I, I do think it's a good week to play both events. We can kind of get into WGC match play in a little bit. I do think it's a good week to play Corrales as well. There's not going to be very much content at all out there about Corrales. And so if you are using a projection backed product and uh, it's a weaker field in general, I do think it's a good week to play both events. Yeah, uh, Valspar. I actually, I actually made money on the week, uh, locking in one hundred, actually ninety-seven percent DJ because I think I, I rewrote one of my lineups when Spawn withdrew. But uh, it should have been, it should have been a much, much better week. It the, there was a lots of sweats going on in the daily roto slack. Yeah, tons, tons of good sweats. I know I had a couple. Dink had a couple. A bunch of subscribers did. Uh, one of the subs I'm friends with won 20k uh, using our projections. A lot of, lot of stuff going on. I know you were up really close, almost accomplished your goal of winning Drive the Green, but lost Sam Ryder. Uh, in general, really strong week for our projections, especially uh, with the way that the leaderboard shook out. Uh, for me, Casey winning over DJ on a Sunday was um, obviously a little bit surprising, but I, I didn't expect DJ to fall back in the way that he did, even if Casey was going to win. And that ended up being the biggest um, swing and outcome for me. So I actually ended up with a losing week, despite feeling like the projections were kind of all over everything last week. I mean, if you, if you tell me Sunday morning, DJ only has to shoot one under, to tie for the lead or two under to just outright win. I'm, I'm like already counting my money. I'm like, I'm like already, Oh, it's a lock. Like you never are thinking DJ is going to shoot a 76 on Sunday when he can win. Yeah. And it just felt like he was just getting nothing to drop and not hit the ball all that well either. Um, none of the guys really, no one played well, like, like no one really played well on that lot, like amongst the leaders really. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it played tougher in the afternoon um, for for much of the week. So, the pyramid scheme he paid out. I I xed him from the projections this week, and uh, that probably made the difference between like doing really well in some of the three max stuff. But uh, you knew that you know, that's why happen. it's that's why it's a pyramid scheme though. Because if <laughs> if no money if if no money is ever returning to anyone, then it can't be a true pyramid scheme. Yeah, just goes to the the 2%. It does feel like he only comes through when he's like 2% overpriced and everything. Um, But I don't know. I'm excited for this week. It's a little bit of a change of pace. I think it's a decent edge, and it's just nice to differentiate. So let's uh, let's talk about the tournament this week, Uh, the WGC match play. So for those of you who don't know, the format is different this week. The scoring is a little different. And basically, it's, it's what, what are the true, like the, the mathematical odds of getting six of six? It's like 4% of lineups or something like that? Yeah, so the way that the tournament is set up is that there are 16 pods of four golfers each. The winner of each pod will go on and advance and play in a bracket-style contest and ultimately culminating in a a championship match and a consolation match. Um, And then your golfers will get points based on how many holes they win, 
you know, streaks, things like that, and then winning the matches. So obviously the, the biggest thing to focus on is just wanting to make sure that your golfers can advance as, as far as possible. Um, but because of that, it, it's set up like most weeks, you know, DJ might be 70 or 80% to make the cut and he, he might have really high top 20 probabilities as well. Um, like as high as like 50, 60%. And this week he only is 40% to get out of the group stage. So just the way that the nature of the format is going to make it a lot harder to advance and therefore it's going to make it a lot harder to get six to six. I think at the 0.25% was actually high. I ended up recalculating it. And with the DK pricing, the odds of getting six to six is like 0.1%. So um, you're almost drawing dead to get all six golfers through the group stage. And it's definitely going to be a really interesting format to think about as, um, as you try to balance the fact that you're probably not getting six to six with the fact that in some of these tournaments, you're really going to need all four guys to be playing the final pairings um, if you're going to try to win. So I'm just trying to think about how I want to allocate my golf dollars this week. And let's say, you know, I'm either going to put 50 entries into the WGC drive the green, or I'm going to put maybe 50 in the Corrales or maybe 25 in each or, or, or something like that. What do you think from like an EV perspective? What do you think would be the right way to go? So I think the numbers that were being tossed around were that 20 or 30% of the teams last year in this event were drunk dead because um, basically because Nelson you, had it at 21% had uh, like, it was impossible to get all four in the final grouping or whatever. Yeah. And I, and in the large field, I feel like that's what you need. So therefore you're basically getting a rake free event. And I, I don't think you're going to get a rake free event in Corrales. So uh, purely from that perspective, I, I think that playing the WGC makes sense. Um, especially the, the MME event. I do think in higher stakes, the, the, kind of concepts and everything's been talked about so much that even the more casual fans are going to know to think about the brackets and think about the matches. And um, I, I mean, last year you did see people playing the same golfers in the same groups. And, and that is definitely a, a huge mistake. And so I think the WGC is set up a little bit better, but it like any 90,000 person field, like the drive the green, it's going to be really high variance and you're not going to get six to six through, but you're not necessarily going to need that either. So um, I, I guess the, the expected value seems like it's going to be higher this week. It probably won't be what it was last year, but it should still be a good event to play. So do we want to talk a little bit about setting up groups and stuff in the optimizer or do we want to save that for the pro tip? Yeah. So we'll talk about, I mean, at a high level, like you want to avoid golfers that are negatively correlated. I think it's talked about a lot in tournaments for all DFS sports. Um, typically in golf, there's not a lot of correlation opportunity. Uh, once or twice a year, you get the opportunity with weather or wind to find correlated tee times. And then maybe if you believe really strongly in course fit, there are a couple of courses throughout the course of the year where you can find correlation within statistical profiles of players. But this is the, the most clear one where there is obvious correlation between golfers in groups, um, especially the four-man pods. And then even as you get out of the four-man pods, um, there's some strategies to be had there. And I, I think um, you know, th those are the types of concepts that you should be thinking about. We'll go into it in a little bit more detail in the pro tip. Okay. So uh, let's just, are we, we just going to pick the brackets? Is that what we're going to do? 
yeah, let's walk through each of the different groups, kind of talk about uh, the, yeah, I mean, I, the favorites to win. Some of them will be pretty obvious, but I think there's some that are a bit closer to, and then we can talk a little bit about projected ownership within those groups as well. Okay, so group one is DJ, Hideki, Grace, and Reevee. My guess would be that Grace and Reevee will be some of the lowest owned golfers in the entire field, even less than the Rose group, even less than the Kepka group, even less than the Rory group. Yeah, that, that aligns. I've, I've got uh, Grace at 1% ownership, Reevee at 3%. Um, I mean, they're, they're massive dogs, obviously, because DJ's in the group, but then I mean, Decky, a really strong contender as well. So um, those guys, I think in a single entry, three max, uh, Grace Reeve, probably totally off the table for me. Um, at 1% owned, I do think mixing them in as like a contrarian element for, uh, you know, other lineups that don't start with DJ can start to make sense. But yeah, I think this one is pretty clearly uh, DJ and Hideki at the top. Um and pretty clearly DJ between those two. I was looking at some of the match play records and it's, I, it's fun to look at. I can't put too much weight into that, but DJ does have, uh, I guess a worse match play record than you might think for something as good as he is. Which like, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not placing, I'm not placing a ton of value in that stuff this week, but like, just like, for example, DJ, despite his high price tag and despite being bared with Hideki is still the highest value golfer from data golf this week. Yeah. So, so uh, pretty, pretty clear DJ, um, Decky and then pass except for an MME. Yeah. Uh, so group two, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Eddie Pepperell, and Emiliano Grio. Uh, I, I think this would be maybe a decent spot to start to start thinking about contrarian, about maybe taking Woodland, maybe taking Grio, because uh, I just don't, I love to fade Justin Rose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, not sure about Grio. Uh, I do think you're going to need some 6,900 guys in there. So, I guess he he's one of the ones that at least is five to one to advance. Um, I, I think Rose has a pretty nice price. And the other thing I like about Rose specifically and about this group is the way that they match up. So they draw the Bubba Watson, Spieth, Horschel, Nah group. So if Rose does get out, then I definitely like his odds to advance. It seems like the Spieth group is a pretty weak one. Um, and so our, I think our boy that's, Gary is 7,800 though. Yeah. He's that he's for sure a nice price. Uh, I mean, you got to pick and choose one, but I do think yeah. um, spending on like a decent player out of this group could be advantageous just because the second round draw they get is going to be a pretty weak one. Yeah. Group three, this one seems, this one seems bad. Brooks Kepka, Alex Noren, Hao Tong Lee. And uh, I think that's Tom Lewis. I legit don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, it's Tom Lewis. Um, it'll be interesting to see. This is definitely one where the data golf probabilities have it a bit closer. I think uh, Brooks is one of the worst favorites out of any of the groups. Um, so typical, I, I do, typical data nerds just hating on Brooks because they don't understand how good he is. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the math, right? So is, is Kepka motivated for this? Does he consider it a major? I don't, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to say. My, my guess would be intuitively that someone like Brooks from like a narrative 
constraint. Like if you wanted to get inside someone's head, which I would not do in making lineups, despite talking like I would on a podcast, my guess would be is he probably does want to do better at this event than he would at like, you know, whatever the Honda classic. Yeah. Um, I would say this is just based on the projections. One of the groups where I'm most likely to, like to pick up sets. So yeah. play Norin, Hao Tong, not going to go deep enough to get Tom Lewis in there, I don't think. But um, I think Norin Hao Tong would be some of the cheaper value guys that I would consider. Probably consider Hao Tong even in like a three max type format as a punt. Um, and I, I think Brooks is one of the weaker favorites. Yeah. Uh, next group, Rory, Fitzpatrick, Harding, and List. Uh, our boy Nelson can't wait to get can't wait to get in on Harding in this group for him to win. But I actually think, oddly enough, um, in in sharper fields, maybe in like the the three hundred dollar or whatever, Rory might end up being, and he is the most expensive in the field. But Rory might end up being super low owned because people like to take List. Mm, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think. Um, it's going to be pretty binary, I think. I, I think List is going to be one of the most popular punts of the entire field. Um, and it's a really weird week where List is basically 23% to even advance. So much more likely he doesn't advance, but he's still going to be one of the most popular plays, I think, of the entire week. So that that's just an interesting element that we have to deal with this week. Um, I, think that, I think that makes... Um... Fitzpatrick and Harding like much better like contrarian plays especially because if there's like a I I would say that Rory is you know the second best golfer in the world but he probably has like more blow up equity probably than like the average golfer I would say like he's got like some ROM blow up in him yeah and I just don't know um the so what I was going to say is I think a lot of people are going to play Rory I think he'll be 20% owned um possibly even a little bit higher I, but right, right about that. And then I think a lot of people are going to play list. I think a, a ton of the people who don't play Rory are then going to load in lists as their next guy. I think in like cash formats, you could consider playing both of them and just, uh, you know, you're not going to get them both out, but you're not really going to need that because nobody is. And I think yeah. that the two of them combined have a really high likelihood to advance in MME. I do think Fitzpatrick is an interesting leverage play. I just wish he was like $500 cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so group five, let's see, they have this bracket set up. So it's like weird to follow with the eye. Okay. So we have Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, uh, Matt Wallace and Lucas Berejard. Uh, another pretty interesting group, especially for people that, uh, watched Keegan last week. My guess would be that, uh, data golf has a pretty favorable projection on Keegan getting out of this group. Uh, it's like 25% odds to advance Wallace at 21% beer guard at 16 and then JT, the favorite at 38 uh, total narrative. But I, I feel like I like the Europeans a little bit more than Keegan and GPPs. Um, and I think that their ownership is going to be like, I think Keegan's going to be like list one of the most popular uh, punt plays. And f- so like if uh, Rory lineups can't punt with list. They might punt with Keegan. And I think pivoting to Wallace would make a, a good bit of sense based on the early projected ownerships and the fact that they're pretty close in overall probabilities. The Euros, man, they're good at match play. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, they play more of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely play more of it. Um, it's, it's so hard to decide. Like, you know, it matters, you know, it's a different format, but as far as like actually trying to put it into practice, 
from a predictive perspective. Not really sure how you want to do that, but um, the ownership I think would maybe I'd, I'd take Wallace. Obviously, like JT is the favorite to get out of this group. We're not going to dispute that. No, yeah, and JT looking at like I I think JT is a better play than Brooks. Like just looking at these groups, like I would rather play JT. Yeah, he's a, a thousand bucks more, right? Um, yeah. The the other thing to think about, one of the reasons. I like JT is I don't love the group that they're paired up with. So um, whoever advances from JT's group is going to get the winner of the day. Yeah. That's a really strong group. And I just, I mean, Dave's obviously a great player, but those other guys aren't in, it feels like a, a nice one. If you can get the, that group in the second round. Yeah. Uh, so pod six, Bryson, Mark Leishman, Kiradesh, Efra Barnrat, and Russell Knox. Actually kind of think that Knox is uh, a little sneaky here at 6,600. Like I, I have to think that he's decent equity to beat Barnrat and Leishman. And then, you know, you just kind of have to run a little bit hot to beat uh, the Bryson bot that's malfunctioning. Yeah, he's 23% to advance per day to golf. I think Leishman's at 28%, but you're getting a huge price savings with Knox, uh, 6,600. I think he's one of the best values on the entire slate. And the group So that, that would probably make Bryson much less chalky in the MME stuff if people are following these rules. Yeah, right. I mean, right now I have ownership pretty distributed, um, and it kind of shook out like that last year as well. There end up being a couple punts that stand out um Knox I could see like five to ten percent I've talked about list already Keegan those are some of the guys that stand out um but in general I think it's pretty distributed this week uh do you have any hot takes on Bryson just like totally combusting in this I feel like he would be out of everyone in this tournament I would least want to play a round of golf with Bryson yeah and i'm and i'm a and i'm like a bryson truther too like i've like definitely said the words bryson has solved golf and i just really would not want to play with him yeah i think keegan's that probably that guy for me yeah uh group seven pod seven francesco molinari webb simpson thorbjorn olsen and uh sidetto kodihara yeah, I, I messed that up. I messed that up really bad. Uh, he is. He has by far the worst odds, Cody Hara does, uh, to advance. And he is 4% worse than anyone else to advance per day to golf in this. So I, I'm actually – are you starting to think about guys that you're just Xing out of your pool entirely? Yeah. Uh, like, he, he would be a candidate for X. I'll, I'll submit everyone in the optimizer. We'll see what it spits back. And just, and just see what it, yeah, I'm going to, so when we get done with this, I'm going to go create all the groups. I'm going to take however long that takes, and I'm just going to go see what it spits out before I start nuking guys. Yeah. And I think Thor at 6,500, is one of the best value punts. Um, a guy that, you know, if he does, it, it's a, it's not a weak bracket per se, but it's, there's not like a stud. You kind of have Molly and Webb that are more or less a coin flip. Um, so I like Webb more in DraftKings at the $1,000 discount. It's basically a coin flip in the data golf projections, but I like Thor as well. And then the, the other benefit is this group doesn't face a strong group in the second round either. So Casey, Cam Smith, Howell, and Answer is a group they're paired up against and Casey, you're not terrified of him, um, and he's not even 
for sure going to get out of there. So if you do get out of this group, it's perhaps you're drawing a pretty favorable uh, matchup in the second round. So I could see myself trying to get a good chunk of Molly, Webb, and Thor in my lineups. So Molinari, not a strong match play player for whatever for whatever you would take that from. He's 14, 16, and 2 in his career. And some of his losses are hilarious. Last year, or in 2017 at the match play, he lost to Thongchai, JD, and Burned Wiesberger. Yeah, I mean, Molly is a different player now than he was two years ago. Um, I mean, def- was, I mean def- he's learned how to make birdies now. Two years ago, he was probably the same price as Burned. Like... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, that's one of the things. The match play stuff I find really fascinating, but none of it's been adjusted to like the skill set and what the probabilities of those guys would have been at that point in time. Like, it's like Tiger has a great match play record, but it's I would Tiger yeah not playing him here. Yeah. Uh, next group: John Rom, Matt Kuchar, J.B. Holmes, and C. Woo Kim, uh, Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo trademark steal there. Uh, I bet I bet C. Woo Kim. I have not looked at the, well, I have the ownership projections up, but I bet he's going to be a popular punt play. Uh, yeah, I don't have him as a very popular punt play right now, but uh, well, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I do think Rom will be one of the lower owned golfers above $10,000, um, have him around 13% ownership. Um, I, Rom's, I feel- Rom's match play record, very good. Rom just in general pretty good um i think people are pretty sour on him after yes. the past couple weeks so i think he'll be pretty low owned it's he's got a decent group especially so if xander does not win this next group that we're going to talk about and it's rom versus rcb hatton or westwood like i would make like he's got to be like a minus 180 favorite over all of those guys minimum yeah, he definitely would be. And that, that I think between that and the ownership, I think he rates out as a pretty good leverage play. Yeah, I, I think that I will maybe maybe I'll put the mush on Rom this week. Maybe that's my maybe that's my uh my play to start killing somebody. Yeah, he made it to the finals two years ago, right? Uh looking at it, yeah. Yeah, he uh lost to DJ in twenty seventeen. Yeah. The yeah, the only downside of paying up for Rom is if DJ does advance, then you're kind of in his bracket before you get to the final four. So actually that's a that's a good question about the grouping. So after creating the pod rules, are you also creating rules like max one DJ Rom, max one DJ Zant like guys from their quarter of the bracket? Um touch on that a little bit in the pro tip. Uh I think there are a couple ways that you could think about it and it probably depends on the tournament size. Um, so going to be a little non-committal with the quadrant section. I do think I'm going to try to make sure that at least all of my lineups have one golfer from each of the each quadrants. Quadrant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So group nine, the group we just talked about Xander RCB Hatton Westwood Westwood has like this crazy good match play record. I can see him getting a little bit of steam just because of that. And uh, he might he might get the nuke from me because this is a pretty strong group. Yeah, uh, sixty six hundred. I mean, I think you you have to consider guys like that in play. This group is fairly but balanced. Popular sixty six hundred though. Like if Westwood projects at like ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be a pretty bad leverage play. I do think for in general, um, I'm definitely going to be worried about total projected ownership of my rosters uh, this week, and then. In general, if anyone becomes exceedingly popular, that is a punt. I mean, 
all of these guys are much more likely to get cut than they are to advance. So if someone becomes extremely popular as a punt, then it's pretty easy to try to move away from them. I don't know if Westwood will. I don't, I don't think the match play record will move the needle that much. People like Xander, people like RCB. Um, so yeah, I think people do like RCB. will be higher owned than Haddon and Westwood. Uh, this next group, this is just like the all bunters. Well, a couple bunters group, Paul Casey, Cam Smith, Charles Howell, and Abraham answer. Uh, this, what a boring group. I will watch zero shots of this group. I predict. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. The group's so boring. And then they're paired with that equally boring group with Molly Simpson. (laughs) How many 300 yard drives from that whole group for the whole weekend? Like five. Yeah. Uh, I guess the answer kind of hits it long, I guess. So it, it's going to be interesting just because both those two groups not only have, um, you know, reasonable probabilities to advance, like they're kind of tightly contested groups without a, a clear favorite, but they can also make it like two rounds deep. Um, whereas to get out of a lot of the other groups, not only are you, you're beating a bigger favorite, but then you have to face like Rose or, or DJ or something like that in the second round, which is, pretty pretty brutal if they advance, I think so Howell seems like I will I will go overweight on Howell I think I think he's got like he has pretty good equity to win this group I think and then I would I would definitely like him against you know even even against Molly I feel like they're fairly close yeah yeah um I don't know yeah I, I mean Howell, Molly's Molly's better but it wouldn't be like a minus 200 situation or right, anything right yeah uh, group 11, Fleetwood, Pyramid Scheme, Louie, Kyle Stanley, Byung Hun, and there we go. Here, we finally have a group where I can feel confidently saying, I know even before looking at stuff, I will be Xing out Kyle Stanley. <laughs> 3% owned. He'll probably enter my player pool, which is pretty sad. But no, I like, I think Byung Hun and is. Benny is, Benny is the best value play. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably the best punt. Um, 63 um, oh man we're, we're looking at a situation where i might be 100 percent on a uh, sixty three hundred dollar golfer i mean that's pretty maybe great. maybe maybe 40 percent. maybe i'll so, maybe i'll be reasonable i know you're just joking there but I, I would say this week is one to go very diverse with your player pool just because yeah, all max these guys ownership. are so likely to get cut so the yeah. way i've been thinking about trying to cap my maximum ownership is roughly aligned with their odds advancing so even if someone is a standout value and very low owned, if they're only 26% to advance like Benian is, then that's probably about as much of them as I want. Yeah, I think lining up your ownership projections with the cut projections, actually, I think that's like, that's like sort of a good uh, like rule of thumb to start taking into this as you build your player pool. Yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, is, what do you think Fleetwood's match play record is? Do you think it's good? Uh, I don't. I have probably have that in my pro tip, but I have no idea off the top of my head. Um, my, my oh, my guess is wrong. My guess would have been that Fleetwood was like a very good match play guy, but he's he's just okay. Yeah, he's just come along again. Like he he's just come come into his zone over the past like really eighteen months. So yeah. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, I mean Fleetwood, uh, a decent sized favorite in this group. Um, the group has I guess some depth with who stays in it on that would prevent me from loading up on him. Um, but it would be very good for Louie to have that result last week and then just be like, you know, just losing by five strokes to, uh, to Kyle Stanley. Like that would be very on brand for Louie. Yeah, it would be. 
Okay, uh, group 12. So this is top to bottom, I think probably the strongest pod. We have Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson, Jim Furyk. This is a, that's a strong group, even with Stenson not really in form. It's like a strong group five years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also sort of historically, I guess I would think of these guys as like, just stereotypically, I would think of like Phil and Furyk as good match play players. Yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know about Furyk. I, I would think of him as someone who's not very good, but Phil, I think of as someone who is really helpful because you can make so many birdies and then like the random double triple don't penalize you quite as much. Um, I mean, Dave's obviously the favorite of this group, I think 33% to advance. He's a kind of a, a medium sized favorite, definitely not a dominant favorite that you see. I would say this group is tightly contested, but it's also one I'm not that excited about rostering because you have to face JT right afterwards or the JT group. Obviously if JT doesn't advance, then that becomes something where that this group is going to be facing like key in that Wallace or beer guard. So, um, I, yeah, Phil, Phil versus Keegan. I, I would, I, that is, that will be appointment viewing for me. I would be watching that one. That's a good, that's a good match. Yeah. Who, who would you rather have Phil out of this group or like Kucher at the same price out of the ROM group? Um, I just, I think you've, I think I'm sold on ROM being like such a good play this week that I think I would rather Phil. Yeah. I think I'd probably prefer Kucher. I mean, Kucher is like a better player than Phil at this stage in their careers. So that makes sense. Like to me, this, someone labeled this like the group of death. I, I might've been the group of death like five years ago, but it doesn't feel like the group of death, but it, it definitely feels like one that I'll end up having lower ownership to just because it is tightly contested. The, yeah, yeah. The win equity is spread out decently amongst all four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Next group. Uh, this seems like a good pivot play on ownership. If you have a strong stance on this tiger woods, Patrick Cantlay, Brant Snedeker and Aaron wise. I, I, would imagine that I'm going to be heavy on Patrick Cantlay on this group. Yeah, I think we've got Cantlay and Woods about 15%, and they're about 30% to advance from the group. Um, I'm obviously most interested in Tiger and Cantlay out of this group, least interested in Snedeker and Wise. Snedeker's price at 7800 is just a little bit prohibitive. Um, yeah, just rather Woodland. Why is maybe in play as a punt at 6,000 just because the price right. savings is so steep. Um, but yeah, it's Tiger and Cantlay. And between the two, I think I'd rather take the, the discount with, uh, with Cantlay. So very weird group next. Finau, Poulter, Kisner, and Mitchell. So they have two long hitters. They have two you know, guys who are just setting up birdie chances time after time in Finau and Mitchell, and then the, the bunters in Poulter and Kisner. And Poulter, you know, he's the, well, I mean, you know, that, the narrative about him is that he lives for the match play. Yeah, he's got a great match play record too. Um, very reasonable price. I think he'll be one of the higher owned guys just because, all the Poulter match play narrative stuff will drive the ownership up a God, little bit. God, his record is insane. I just looked it up. He is 41, 17, and 5. Yeah, and, and the group's <laughs> not that strong. Like, you're not scared of Kevin Kisner or Keith Mitchell, so... Oh, you're... he should be scared of Keith Mitchell. <laughs> Keith. Um, yeah, so I... I mean, Finau, definitely the favorite to 
to get out of the group, I think. Um, but I wonder how the betting markets have uh, this group split up compared to, to data golf, just because I know the betting markets are going to put more value on Poulter's match play record. Yeah. So the betting markets actually have Poulter as the favorite to get out of the group. Um, yeah. Whereas data golf has that flipped with Finau. So that, that'll be pretty interesting. It's one where um, do they have Mitchell as pl- as a plus EV bet. What's that? Do they have Mitchell as a plus EV bet? Uh, barely. I think yeah, 20. 20- I'll, I'll, I'll be making that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think plus 500 is what I'm seeing. Maybe plus 525. So they have at 20%. So yeah, barely plus EV. So yeah, I mean, if it's barely plus EV and it's Killer Keith, because I'm still. I'm still chasing Killa Keith dollars from when he won and I didn't bet him. So yeah. I, I like, I, I got to find a way to get also I another thing I really made is yeah. there. He's going against the Kepka Lewis Norin how Lee group. So it's like if he had, so if you were to use the, the Vegas odds versus state of golf and um, then Poulter would be an extremely good value, not just to get out of his group. And then you also draw a pretty nice group for the second round. So all of a sudden, Poulter is, you know, at 7,700 out of his group advancing past the second round as well. And that starts to look like a pretty good draw. So um, Poulter is definitely a guy I'll be digging into a little bit more. He's a guy that I would consider bumping above what Data Golf has, just um, regressing it a little bit towards the betting markets. Poulter's quarterfinals matchup could be like he could like conceivably be like facing Leishman in the quarters or whatever. Like like this, it could be a very easy set. Like he could be favored in all his matches, basically. I think he would be. Yeah, I mean, I, like Brooks would be favored over him, but beyond right. Brooks, I think Fleetwood and Brayson would be favored over him. But yeah. it would probably be close with Leishman, um, e- even though. If it wasn't match play, Leishman would be favored. Our last group, this is this is just a group of horrible, horrible golfers. Bubba, Spieth, Horschel, and Nah. Uh what is so what what would would it just be bad of me if I just included all four of these guys and just assumed that they were gonna be dogs to whoever won uh the pod two group? If if you excluded them all? Yeah, so if I just basically said, I think that Rose and Woodland would be favored over all of them, and so I just excluded Bubba, Spieth, Horschel, and Nah. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad to outright exclude, exclude the whole groups. If, if, you're, if you're building one lineup or three lineups or even 20, then that definitely could be the case, and um, maybe you allocate more to the Rose-Woodland group and allocate nothing to Watson, Spieth, Horschel, and Nah. But if you're only build if you're building 150, I think it's pretty bad to outright exclude groups. Um, yeah, I I mean I guess Bubba Bubba could be okay. It seems like Bubba doesn't he do well at Pete Dye courses? Isn't that a thing? Uh, I mean, he won match play last year, so yeah. I, I don't think thing? I don't think Pete Dye is a thing for Bubba. But yeah, he's very like he's all about his sight lines and everything. And um, I think you know people believe that Bubba is like more highly correlated with Bubba course history than other golfers are. So, um, I mean, people, golf, people golf, yeah, they definitely believe that data golf doesn't buy into any of that and still has Bubba 31% to advance out of the group. They have him as the favorite. And then Horschel is a really good value at 7,300. Um, Kevin Na also in play at 6,300, I think just given the 
the weakness of the group. If you were able to get your other five golfers like deep into the tournament because Na freed up salary and all Na did was advance out of this group, then I think that would end up um, being a good play. Like all he would have to do is win the group to end up being a good play. Obviously the Na concerns with the WD last week um, with the neck injury. And it's something to monitor because I do think people have pulled out of the match play stuff at a higher rate than they have some of the other. Yeah. You, you tee off once and then you withdraw people just, I mean, that's just a WGC thing. Wouldn't it just be the most like speed thing in the world to get this group, have nah withdraw gets like an automatic victory there. And then all he has to do is beat Billy Horschel and Bubba Watson to advance. And then he, and then he just, and then like uh, Pepperell somehow wins the group yeah. up there, and then all of a sudden he's in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and then the hype is there for the Masters. I feel like this whole bracket was rigged to give Spieth a, a good path to build some momentum. I mean, it's the only way he's ever gaining any momentum is if the PGA Tour rigs it for him. Uh, our final pod: Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Shane Lowry, and Andrew Putnam. What a weird group. Uh, just like I, I just feel like Sergio is definitely favored over Reed, even though Reed is the top seed in this group. Yeah, I mean, Data Golf has that pretty massive. Um, Sergio would be one of the strongest mid range value plays of the entire slate, uh, especially just based on his odds to advance. The drawback with this group and with Sergio specifically is the fact that he would face DJ um, or Hideki, or I mean, obviously. The upsets can happen, though, as well. So if, if he does advance in either Grace or Revy, I'm advanced, and that's something that would be pretty favorable. Um, so it, I, don't know, I don't think I'll end up playing Shane Lowry at 7,300. He's a Euro, though. You got, I'm giving all Euros a minimum one boost in the Optimizer this week just for having played more match play. I'm, not, I'm really not even kidding about this either. Yeah, I'm going to spend like an hour setting up groups. So I don't know if I want to spend another hour going through European flags and bumping them plus one point. This, I'm just really not looking forward to this part of my work day of setting up all these groups. I wish there was a way for someone else to set them up and for me to like download a, like a CSV or something of them. But I just like the technology's not there yet. Yeah, if MLB wasn't opening day this week, you might have been able to convince one of our dev guys to load my groups into your, your optimizer. But I will pay, I will pay uh, Philly Dilly $100 to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> to make your groups. Philly will make your groups for 100 bucks. He might not make them the way you want them, but he'll make them. Yeah, I'm going to, okay. So that's, uh, that's what I'm going to do this afternoon after I get done with this podcast. Do we have any other big insights on the WGC match play? No, I mean, check out the pro tip. Our optimizer is now live with all of the projections. In the projections, you can see the odds to advance out of the group. You can see the odds to win the event. Um, and then in the pro tip, we'll talk about some of the groups that you can create in the optimizer. Um, in addition to that, we'll kind of go through shuffle and some of the other features that you can use. It's definitely a very high variance week. It is a week where a lot of times you do see these random, seemingly random names advancing out of the group stage. And it's definitely a week where I would favor going more diverse with my golfer selection than I would otherwise. Yeah. Tom Lewis getting out of his group. Like just that, I mean, it just throw Like I think if one of these massive favorites loses in like their pod or whatever, like the whole thing just becomes uh, like an RNG lottery. 
Yeah, I, I went through, uh, there was a lot of EV on the betting side actually using Data Golf's win odds, um, just betting on some of these guys that are 100 plus one to win that have pretty weak draws with the opening group. Um, I mean, if they, they get out of that, then you're you're only having to win a few matches to, to win. So I was um, not totally surprised, but I kind of put a pool of small wagers on a bunch of guys that are 100 to 150 to one. And you should get some hedge equity, right? Like if 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 your if your dude makes it to like the last four guys or whatever, yeah, you, yeah, you would you gain some hedge equity? Which is, I mean, you don't really get those opportunities in golf all that often. Yeah, so and Data Golf's got really great stuff up on their site for the event as well with the probabilities, and then they'll have stuff live as it progresses. So you'll be able to see, um, you know, after your guy wins a match, how that impacts his odds to advance out of the group and so on. It should be a fun week, I think, for for the golf sweats in general. And then the Corrales event um, won't be as fun to sweat with no shot tracker, but I do think it's a good week to be able to play both. And yeah, you get- the, the Joel Damon Invitational, as I'm calling it. uh so let's make our one and done picks and uh you know someone please remind me to actually save my pick this week so i get credit for uh for when they win had paul casey last week didn't click save tough life yeah we had dj on on our big team that had already had like a win in a second place so i was hoping he would pull through we would have been really live for the second segment and then had casey on another team um it's kind of a tough week because the purse is so big but if you burn one of these guys and they don't make it out of the group stage that's yeah you're be- just you, you have no sweat equity and you're just so mad and it's gonna be so yeah just so penalizing um so i actually feel like it might be a good week to not necessarily no, pay mid, up mid tier. yeah definitely like molinari uh bubba finau even i think maybe even uh sergio actually uh because like if if sergio i guess probably not sergio because you would have to play dj yeah i i mean honestly like polter group like polter yeah, Pol- <laughs> I, polter will be like a chalky selection this week i feel like honestly yeah the polter Finau group has a decent path um in general uh the Paul Casey, like Molinari, Webb Simpson, they have like a decent path as well. And then, yeah, it's, it's tough. I was going to say Gary Woodland, I have a good path, but he's got to get through Justin Rose. So that's a tough one. Um, if I was going to spend. I could, I could see Charles Howell this week, actually. Is it, so if he, if he wins his group, he's against Molinari, Simpson, uh, Ola Center, Cody Hara, and then he has. I mean, I, I think he would have one of the softer quarterfinals matchups as well. Yeah. If I was going to pay up for a stud, I think Justin Rose is going to be the guy that I would take. Um, he's got an okay group in the opening one. He's one of the bigger favorites. Um, and then he draws the Watson, Spieth, Horschel group in the second round, which is pretty nice. And then he gets whoever survives out of the, the Molinari, Simpson, Casey, CH3 group. And it seems like a pretty good path to the um to the semifinals so i guess, I guess rose would be my top end one and done pick this week yeah i think i think i'm going mid-tier i think i'm gonna look at someone bad who i would not select anywhere else like like legit like a guy who's in like the eight thousands on dk uh also because i'm tilting i'm i'm like i'm on one and done tilt 
especially after especially after uh, not getting the players while watching uh, while watching you guys get the players. I'm I'm confirmed on tilt. Well, we got a big drive the green this week, so hopefully you can take that down. I'm gonna win the Corrales drive the green. I think that's good. That's a smart goal. Yeah, that's a smart goal. All right, I'm gonna go make these groups. Uh, all right, I think that's it.